The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we're talking about scoliosis. I feel as if I've had a lot of questions recently about how we work with scoliosis patients. (laughs) We're going to debunk some myths, but then also just talk about different individuals with different scoliosis, thought processes, what they do, but more specifically, how we in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic can help. Most people don't realize that what we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is chiropractic, but it's actually a specialty in terms of structural correction. So what that means, so all chiropractic is great. Though what we've done in our office is our doctors are highly trained and advanced specialty. What that means is that our goal is to work with correcting the structure. So if you have a list or scoliosis, reduction of that, If you've lost the curvature in your neck or if you have pelvic unleveling, which oftentimes will present to individuals is a short leg, right? Like, oh, doctor said, PT says I have a short leg. Well, unless they anatomically measured that or they did standing versus seated films and measured the femur head, then you likely just have a pelvic problem, pelvic rotation problem that your femurs, your legs are compensating for, right? So our goal is to start leveling the pelvis, reducing forward head posture, reducing uh, curvature through the spine from an A to P standpoint. Though all that being said, I will explain in much more detail today. Though before we jump into that, I've got some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. This article comes today from U.S. News and World Report. Bribing folks can help them meet weight loss goals, study finds. (laughs) I thought this was interesting. We're going to talk a little bit more in detail about it. 
So it talks money may, may not buy happiness, but it may give people incentive to extra incentive to lose weight, a new study suggests. So the study of people from urban neighborhoods found that cash reward encouraged participants to said, shed some extra pounds versus a weight loss program with no financial bonuses. And the effects were similar whether people were rewarded for reaching their weight loss goals or for simply making healthy lifestyle changes. So over six months, 39 to 49% of people given cash incentives lost at least 5% of their starting weight. That compared to 22% of participants given no monetary motivation. <laughs> the caveat, experts said, is that no one knows how financial rewards pan out in the long run. In this study, the weight loss differences among the group had begun to narrow by the one-year point. This would only be impactful if people could keep losing weight at this rate over a longer term. They talked about how the concept itself, it's not new. And it's not. This is not part of the article. This is a side note. I see this throughout the year, but I also see it so much at the starting point of the year. This is where people jump on board the most, I think. New year, new you, weight loss challenge, this, this, and that, right? And the winner gets a blank or they, right? There's like an, there is an incentive. There's a carrot at the end of this goal. Often if you lose the most amount of percent of your weight, and it's like they're, they make them fun, right? Like there's incentive to it. Though what I see is that there's not a long term. So studies have suggested that offering people money in exchange for lost pounds can bear fruit, at least in the short term. Those findings have inspired web-based programs, which use the prospect of financial reward to encourage people to shed weight. The reason behind the approach stems from the simple fact that weight loss can be hard. That's their, their terminology. So they go on to talk about what makes financial incentives work and what are the best ways to use them. So for this study, the team uh, tested two types of incentive. One rewarded people for outcomes, losing at least 5% of their starting weight, which on average meant about 10 pounds. The other reward... Uh, rewarded people's efforts, like getting regular exercise. In both cases, participants could earn up to $750 over six months. The study, which was published in the Journal of American Medical Association Internal Medicine recently, involved 668 adults from low-income neighborhoods in New York City and Los Angeles. The participants were randomly assigned to three groups. In all three groups, people received a voucher for a free year of Weight Watchers, a digital scale, and a fitness tracker. Everyone was told to attend at least two Weight Watchers meeting a month, weigh themselves in at least three times a week, and work up to 150 minutes of exercise per week and keep track of their diets using a food diary. People in the financial incentive groups were rewarded either for meeting those goals or for losing 5% of their starting weight. In the end, neither incentive tactic was the clear winner, they said. 
At the six-month mark, people rewarded for weight loss were doing somewhat better, but by one year after the financial rewards ended, the difference between the two groups vanished. (laughs) Around 41% in both groups had managed to keep 5% of their starting weight off. Meanwhile, the group with no cash incentive had slowly improved. Uh, about 31% had lost 5% of their initial weight compared to the 22% at the six-month mark. So basically, long story short, what they found is that when they incentivized people to lose weight and make healthy changes, they followed and they did well. And once they start stopped bribing them with cash, then they went back to their old habits. And here's why I think this is so interesting. And this is where I feel as, again, throughout the year or very much at the beginning of the year that I find, unfortunately, that people lose sight. When there is a tangible weight loss goal, there's something there. But once you hit that goal, if there's not another point or an incentive, then it fails. And here is why I think that this is a failure. That dollar amount didn't establish a big why. We always talk about when people do things, there has to be a why behind they do it. The how is often not the hardest. It is the why. I'm tired in the morning. I don't want to get up in the bed, and right? So why? What's my why? Well, if it's just I want to lose weight, then a couple of vanity pounds isn't going to move me. But if that why is because I want to make sure that my cells have enough oxygen so that I can make sure the cancer that I was diagnosed with beforehand doesn't come back, right? Like not me personally, but, or you say, hey, I am a diabetic. And I know that if I don't manage this diabetes, that I'm likely going to lose a limb because of my unmanaged diabetes. And I know that getting up first thing in the morning is going to help me manage my blood sugar better throughout the day. That is a big why. I don't want to eat this pie. Why? Because I just had a stroke a couple years back and I realized that any inflammation to my cells is going to make it so that the likelihood that I have another recurrence of a heart-related issue or brain-related issue is going to come back. That's your big why. Hey, I saw another article today that I chose not for health in the news, but it was about how processed foods increases the risk of dementia. So why? When push comes to shove and it's late at night and you want a snack... Why aren't you going to reach for it? Oh, some fatty. I don't care if I gain another pound because I snacked at night, right? But you know what you are? What might move you a little bit more? The fact that you are predisposed to dementia. Maybe you've already been diagnosed with mild cognitive impair, which is a precursor to dementia. And you realize, I want to remember my husband in 20 years. I want to be able to remember walking my granddaughter down the aisle. And that's why you're not going to put the food in your mouth. There has to be a why behind why you're doing it or else when the financial, right, the incentives or someone else wanted or you got number one prize for weight loss challenge with your gym or online or Weight Watchers or whatever it might be, if there's not a why behind what you're doing it, know that um, the how will never succeed. Most people know how to do it. Eat better, exercise, make better choices. The why is what people are ultimately missing. So you got to find your why. Now, when we come back, I will answer more questions you've asked about scoliosis. (laughs) 
You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or schedule an appointment from your own home. Greenwood Family Chiropractic. You can just go on our website, scroll down on your mobile phone, on your computer to schedule an appointment. Hop on, schedule an appointment. Your paperwork is even online. You can figure it all out, see what's going on, and how we can help you. Today, I wanted to touch base about scoliosis. I have, in the last several months, had a lot of patients ask about or come in, have been referred by their medical doctor for scoliosis. Now, this is one where I have to put a bit of a, a, a caveat, if you will. All chiropractic is great. Our specialty, though, is different than pain-based chiropractic. Our technique that we use, CBP and Pedibon, uh, are techniques that more specifically work with structural correction. Now, what does that mean? Um you can get adjusted your entire life. And that is wonderful. I think chiropractic in general is just an absolutely amazing thing. Though that being said, our office is different than kind of the the pain-based chiropractic most people know about. Uh, my, my struggle, there was a, there was a local doctor, uh, also a chiropractor, who said that uh, this pediatric patient that was in the office, they went and got a second opinion, which I'm all for second opinions. Absolutely. Though that being said, um, he said you could take like an ACE bandage and just wrap it around the torso and that would stop or slow the progression of scoliosis. And when I tell you, I cannot tell you how incredibly incorrect that is. (laughs) Like, I, 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 words, even now, like this is almost a decade later after this happened, I still have no words. I have no words on how incorrect that statement is. And all I could affirm is that that doctor is very smart, but likely does not know more about the structure of the spine than what we do for the technique that we use. So we went to chiropractic school. Myself, the doctors in the office, we graduated. It's an advanced certification uh, in terms of technique that we decided to go into. We work a lot with mirror image adjusting. That's part of the chiropractic biophysics. There's a lot of neuromuscular re-education. So we, we look at literally correcting the structure of the spine. So again, if there's forward head posture, if there's an unlevel pelvis, if there's a curvature or scoliosis, you can get adjusted. It is wonderful. Though that being said, it's not going to change the structure of your spine. 
So that I think is a very important component, especially because often when people see us at our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, we might be the first time that they're ever seeing a chiropractor. So when they walk in, they don't know that there's a difference between what we do and the average pain-based chiropractic. So I think that is important um, to know and understand. Now, that being said, when we look at a scoliosis, let's first talk about what a scoliosis is. So when you look at an individual from the front, they should be straight. From the side, you're actually meant to have three curves. Most people don't realize that. From the side, you're meant to have three curves. Though from the front, you should be straight. Now, a scoliosis is defined as any abnormal or lateral, which would be to the side, curvature of the spine. So when a spinal curve um, is viewed to the right from behind, um, it's considered dextro, representing the right, dextroscoliosis. Uh, that scoliosis, that curvature is the most common type among children and adults. So um, there's kind of two types. Idiopathic scoliosis is a smaller percentage of the population. This is often like they don't idiopathic means like we don't know why where um, like I had a patient who was in a skiing accident and like the he hit a tree with kind of the middle of his back and produced a scoliosis following that. So kind of interesting. There's different uh, ways now. A couple different things, which I think is very interesting. I told a patient more recently was having a radiating sciatic pain, had done physical therapy, stretching, strengthening, couldn't really get to the cause of the sciatic pain. And so we had taken x-rays and I had seen that she had a scoliosis. So talked a little bit more about the scoliosis and I said, did you know that you have a lumbar, which is lower back, scoliosis? And she said, I did not. Now, this woman was probably in her early 50s. So I always think it's so interesting when you have this curvature to your spine for, you know, half a century. And I'm the one who's telling you about it. But I'm like, this is absolutely why, because of that scoliosis. It's compressing the nerves in the lumbar and sacrum. Those nerves come together to form your sciatic nerve that go down your leg. And that's what your experience is sciatica. That is what sciatica is. Sciatica is not a muscle problem, which is why you can do all the stretching and strengthening. It might give you some palliative relief, but it's not the cause of the problem. So she said, but I did tests in school and they never found scoliosis. Like I was always safe. Now the tests that you did in school, <laughs> let's talk about this test. Uh I feel as if most people will know what tests I'm talking about. Gym class, right? It always happened in gym class. Why? Because you all had the same shirts on. It was easier to look at. And they would line you up, right? They'd all have you stand in a line, didn't matter which order. And they'd all have you bend down and touch your toes and you would have to stand there, right? Well, they, you know, there's probably like one or two people who stood several feet away in the backside of the gymnasium and you know in your mind you're always like don't don't choose me don't choose me don't choose me <laughs> no one really knew why and they would say like you you and you come over here 
and they would take them and I'd talk to them and it was all this thing. Well, what they were actually doing was Adam's forward bend test. So the examiner looks for indicators of scoliosis. This was a scoliosis test, if you didn't know that. Scoliosis test. They were looking for spinal asymmetry. So unlevel shoulders, a scapula that sat higher, unlevel hips, um, or if they saw like a rib hump, what that would typically indicate Um, that rib hump or rotation deformity would be an indication of a scoliosis. So they would send you, you know, to the school nurse, the school nurse would say, Hey, I'm going to send you home with this note. Let your parents know that you need to go to your pediatrician so that they can evaluate you for scoliosis. That is what that test is for. Here is the problem though. If it is just a scoliosis in your lumbar spine, your lower back, that forward bend test often does not allow you to see that scoliosis. If you have a thoracic, which is mid-back curvature, and you do the Adams forward bend test, if that curvature is not at that point when you do it at a certain degree, it likely does not elicit the rib hump or the winged or unlevel scapula And so then they would miss it. So it's a way where you can't just like come up and x-ray every single kid who comes in to let them know whether or not they have a scoliosis. Now let's talk about why. Why do we do this test? And I think think it is important to talk about because they say, hey, what we're going to do is we are now going to send you to your pediatrician's office. The pediatrician may or may not take x-rays. Pediatrician may or may not do MRI or CT scan. But if it's at a certain degree, then they will often send you to the orthopedic. The orthopedic will then say, um, yes, we think this is a scoliosis worth watching. Often, if it is more of a mild case, Then they'll just watch and wait to see if it worsens. Um, Once it gets to 20 degrees, 20 degrees is usually the Cobb angle. It's just an angle that they use to measure. At a certain degree is where they say, hey, we need to do something. They found that the bracing still progresses. Sometimes it slows it, but 9 out of 10 times it does not. Um, And if it gets bad enough, then they'll do Harrington rods which are stainless steel rods where they literally will cut you open from the sides on each side. They fuse the rods to your bone and then crank them in often cases to make them straight. An interesting component, if your growth plates are still open, research has found that the progression of scoliosis still will continue at one degree a year until growth plates are closed. Here's one where um, why we take scoliosis so seriously is because, and we've known for decades now at this point, Journal of Orthopedic Medicine in 1981 found that a 20-degree curvature, scoliosis, 20 degrees or more, can take 14 to 21 years off of your life. 14 to 21 years off of your life. 
And we'll talk about why that is next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. got curves we've got answers today we're talking about scoliosis you're listening to maximize your life i'm dr leanne schluter greenwood family chiropractic 317-893-2853 317-893-2853 come check us out online greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com <laughs> today we are talking about scoliosis I do feel as if it is noteworthy. I've had a lot of questions from different individuals from adult scoliosis to pediatric scoliosis. Know that all have a different approach, all have different outcomes, all have um, different expectations, if that makes sense. I had back to school time was a a big time for us I had multiple pediatricians who sent me patients that they suspected had scoliosis and here's what I where I will say kudos to these pediatricians I I was so impressed uh two of the individuals who were sent they were female patients uh one was 14 the other one was just shy of 16 one was 13 13 and just shy of 16 and both were relatively mild scoliosis so the fact that they were able to see and address I've had a pediatrician who missed like a thoracic which sometimes are just easier to see but it was a uh severe scoliosis that they missed we found it I mean you could visually see it too I, I showed mom and dad they you know she was asymptomatic she had no problems and I said you know I know that you just brought your daughter with in here and I know that it she was not necessarily um because the dad came in with a lot of pain and I said but I will tell you that just visually looking I think that she has a scoliosis and so when we investigated further, she did. And it was a severe, severe scoliosis. Like I, my heart broke for this child. Um, and they, they had no idea. So it was just that aspect. I was so impressed. I was so impressed. Like doctors, you guys are doing such a great job finding this. And sent it in. And then so the next, the question is, is what's next? And again, the reason why there is such a concern when it comes to scoliosis is that you know we've known for decades this is not new research journal of orthopedic medicine in 1981 found that a 20 or more degree curvature scoliosis 
can take 14 to 21 years off of your life. That's, I mean, that's a lot. So here's why they take it so seriously. The reason we talk about how scoliosis can take 14 to 21 years off of your life, um, when you're looking at the nerves that exit, 7% of that nerve fiber goes to feel pain. 93 is function. And um, when you compress a nerve that goes out to the organ, it doesn't function that. Most people, more so in their 40s or 50s or 60s, find it because of pain. When you have a scoliosis, it is very common that you are an increased risk of disc-related issues, disc bulge, disc herniations, though that being said, it puts damage on the nerves. There's more stress on the ligaments and the muscles and the joint themselves, so it increases the rate of osteoarthritis, right? Osteoarthritis, degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease. Uh, severe cases of scoliosis, what happens is it forces the rib against your heart and your lungs, which leads to difficulty breathing, chest pain. It lowers your oxygen level in your body as a condition makes it difficult for your heart to pump blood. It causes protruding ribs and it can also lead to heart failure. <laughs> um, although it might not directly cause death, having severe scoliosis makes you more prone to pneumonia and lung infections. It causes mobility issues. Nerve damage is what I probably see the most often. Severe cases of scoliosis can lead to nerve problems because it causes pressure or irritation on the nerve roots within the spine. Um, this often presents as like weakness or numbness in your arms or in your legs, depending on where the scoliosis is. Um, men, it can cause erectile dysfunction if it's in the lumbar spine. It can cause... Uh, urinary control problems. There are muscular imbalances because of it, digestion problems. Here's what's really interesting with breathing. If you want to know why it's most often found is that if a pediatric patient presents with breathing problems, they will take x-rays of the lungs, right, to ensure that it's not walking pneumonia, it's not like a missed collapsed lung. And what they'll see in the background is that they will see a curvature in the spine. Well, the most common curvature is in females, and it's in the thoracic spine, the middle back. The nerves exiting T2 to T4, which is part of your autonomic nervous system, those nerve roots go up directly to innervate your lungs. If you compress a nerve that goes out to your lungs, do you think the lungs function better or worse? Um, and so with these pediatric patients, they did have scoliosis. Both of them at that point had growth plates that were still open there's something called a riser sign uh depending on how open the growth plates still are i uh, depends on how much uh change that you'll be able to see so adults who come in there at 40 degrees can still see structural correction in their spine though that being said the younger the patient the more likelihood there is for correction because their growth plates are still open that being said, with both of the pediatric patients, we do structural correction in our office, though we have um, a kind of a database of doctors who are Clear Institute certified. So I don't have scoliosis chairs in the office. So depending on those patients and the severity of them, we will often refer them to do in conjunction with what we do in the office, uh, um, intensive 
So it's just what it sounds. It's a little bit more intense. (laughs) Though that being said, I had one of those pediatric patients saw a 10 degree reduction in their scoliosis over the course of two weeks. And so that I had a conversation with her more recently. And you know when you have a job and you see kind of hazards and you're more aware of things, if you will? Let me give you an example. I had a patient who came in. She was in her late 60s, had a moderate lumbar, so lower back scoliosis, that had been there long enough that she had a a pretty substantial amount of degenerative change. And it affected her quality of life more than anything. She had digestion problems. But I will never forget the day she came in and she said, hey, I have to tell you something. And when patients tell me that, when they say, hey, Dr. Leanne, I need to tell you something. (laughs) I know one of two things. It is either going to be really good or it's going to be really bad. There's often (laughs) not much um, middle ground there. And I said, what happened? And she said, we go, she said, my girlfriends and I every year go on a trip to Fort, um, to like Naples, Fort Myers area. And she said, and we always go downtown Naples and we go for walks, like to all the shops and we have lunch. And she said, every year I usually have to take two breaks and then I just tell them I'll catch up with you later. And then I just have to figure out where they're at. I have to catch up because I'm not able to do just like the general walking through the shops. And she said, do you know that this is the first year that I was able to walk around and I felt good and I didn't have to catch up with all my friends? Now, and to the average person, that doesn't really sound like that much. But what it was, was just a small aspect in terms of the quality of life that she had the opportunity to regain. It it is so often, unfortunately, that we have aches and pains and we ignore them. And we ignore them because either one, we don't know where to go to get help for what the problem is. And we have all of these doctors who are never getting to the root cause of the problem. The the second thing that I see, which is more often, is that uh, getting to the cause of the problem seems like a lot of work. So we do nothing because we can still do all of the things. We can still do all of the things. But unfortunately... We just keep putting it on the back burner and putting it on the back burner until we get to the point where we're like, oh my gosh, I can no longer function. And then they do something, right? We wait until we're at a 10 out of 10 in pain to be proactive. And you're like, you know, what would have helped being proactive when you were at like a four or a five out of 10 in pain. And you're like, but I could still do all of the things. And that's where I see with these younger girls and so much with these parents, so much with the parents is that I see that if um, it's a quality of life decision that's being made before they've lost their quality of life. And that's probably hard to, to wrap your brain around if you haven't watched someone with a spinal issue lose their quality of life. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And the unfortunate component, especially with scoliosis, is that it does not go away on its own. 
it increases the rate of degeneration. It increases the likelihood of um, disc-related issues. And so the good part is, is we have enough knowledge and base that do I believe that medicine has a time and a place? Yes. Do I believe that all scoliosis can be managed conservatively um, with corrective structural correction, chiropractic care? Um, No. No. Are there some outliers that can't? Do I believe that majority of patients with scoliosis can? Yes. But that's one of the reasons why initial exam and consultation is so important, right? Those are ones setting expectations. If this is something that we'd like a secondary referral to someone who does more intensive, who's Clear Institute certified, if this is one that we do need to refer you out for an ortho consult, we have the knowledge and the mental capacity to be able to navigate through that. I will never forget I had a gentleman who came to me and he said, do you know why I came to you before I came to my medical doctor? And again, if you're a small business owner, you know that when people say things like this, you sit down and you listen. <laughs> like, And I was like, yes. Uh, no, I don't know, but I would love to know. This is very, very valuable to me. And he said, I knew that you would be more likely to refer me out if I needed it than um, my medical doctor would be to refer me to you. And I was like, well, that is true (laughs) you know so it's just that like why why are we why are we doing this and it's one that it is important to address spine and nervous system before it becomes a problem and we have the opportunity to be able to do that now when we come back we're going to talk more about what we do specifically in the office and what the outcomes may be for that scoliosis next You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now, that exam and consultation is important. <laughs> Why is it so important? Because... It allows us to get in-depth and in-detailed comprehensive exam. What is going on? When have your problems started? Um, you know, is this something that needs or warrants x-rays? And here's what we do. Here's how the process works. Someone, someone said the other day, they said, why is it so cheap to, to come into your office for a new patient? And I said, because the last thing I would want um, it to be is a financial hurdle for someone at least not to get checked and evaluated. Come and see what it looks like. How the process works is we see what it looks like. We see if we need to take x-rays. We get you adjusted. And then we sit down and in detail go through what is going on with your spine. 
Here's what it looks like. Do you have degeneration? Do you have a scoliosis? Have you lost the curve in your neck? Does your spine look perfect and all you need is maintenance? What about my insurance? We have it checked and verified so we know if, if there is any coverage. Though that being said, most individuals in our office have limited insurance coverage. They have limited insurance coverage. Our goal is to make care affordable for individuals as well as full families. But that being said, you know, that initial exam allows us to see if we find a pediatric patient who is 10 years old and has a scoliosis and they're going to grow two inches in the next year, it is going to be different in terms of expectations, recommendations, the corrections structurally that we will see versus someone who comes in who has a relatively stable spine in their mid 50s. But because that scoliosis has been there, for 50 plus years that the is there any degeneration is there bone spurring so many times I see that especially individuals with scoliosis will go into another chiropractic facility you know one that prides themselves on not taking x-rays and never having an exam and you can just come in and get adjusted and the problem is we see so many people from there unfortunately because if you have a scoliosis that you may or may not know about. And I put you into side posture, right? Where you like put your knee up and they do like the pretzel crunch. Um, this is one where people say like, I got adjusted and my back spasmed and I couldn't move and I could, I had to crawl out of the office, right? And it's unfortunately where oftentimes people will fear chiropractic when they had that experience is is because it's it's just one that's more easily navigated if you have diagnostic imaging. So expectations of the 55-year-old versus the 10-year-old are going to be different, you know, but being able to see and understand what's going on, what is the degree, what's the cob angle? Is there a rotational component? Is there a compensation? Is the primary thoracic and there's compensating in the cervical and lumbar spine? Is it more lumbar and there's no compensation? Is there lumbar, but it's compensating in the... um pelvis right like your ileums are compensating your sacrum and your ilium are compensating it's just aspects where you're like you know what you know where we're allowed to be able to see that more in depth is an exam and consultation it's one of the most important and we don't know unless you come in and get evaluated but then that way everyone knows frequency time cost insurance out of pocket how we make care affordable um how we see full families. It just gives us the opportunity to be able to be fully transparent about all that looks like, set expectations in terms of correction of each individual spine. It's I, I just see more so the quality of life and, again, just how important it is to be able to take care of yourself proactively. I have a family member who took me seven years to get her under corrective care. Finally got under. She has a scoliosis. The reason why she started is because she had a sciatic flare-up. Okay. So that sciatic flare-up did not subside. They were driving down to Florida and was so bad that they actually had to cut their Florida trip short because she could barely walk came back up, had an MRI, and they found that within that scoliosis in her lower back, it was almost bone-on-bone degeneration. She had little disc bulges that came out, 
And um, it was met with a level of frustration. And I understand why. It's because they're planning this big European vacation. They're both retired. And they're like, we're not going to, if she can't walk more than five steps, like, what does that look like? Do we have to cancel our vacation? It's just the quality of life that's so affected. And it's so sad because mentally ready to go. Like so excited, wants to do all the things. Physically, there's that limitation. And I see it so often in our office is that mentally individuals are ready But if they physically are not there, then they have just a a large amount of uh, frustration that sits there. And so it's just that time where we have to take a step back and realize that we need to put our health as a priority and know that we need to be able to be as proactive as we possibly can be in terms of health. And scoliosis is that. So, so oftentimes we say, hey, we're going to do the watch and wait technique. And that's it. That's all we give, watch and wait technique and nothing else. But the problem is, is that you have the opportunity and the ability to be proactive. You have the opportunity and ability to be proactive. But most people don't know that with scoliosis, there is help. Even, even as an adult, there is help. Like we sent for the corrective office, we sent that patient, a patient, a different patient, also has a scoliosis, um, military, was a runner, was having tons of SI joint dysfunction. And they said, hey, we will do injections. And she said, I just don't feel like injections get to the root cause of my problem. And so um, though she didn't go through like an intensive down there, um, he did do some lever arm weighting system to help with the neuromuscular re-education specific to her scoliosis. So there is a ton that can be done, but again, the starting point in all of that is exam and consultation. So if you want to know how to schedule that to get in the office to be seen, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or come check us out online to schedule an appointment there. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, initial exam and consultation. So if you know someone or you are someone, reach out, get scheduled. Look forward to next week, though always remember that your power is on.